being played in a um in a in a restaurant, and you wouldn't have seen. Well, women would have had to have sat in a separate partition section of the uh, of the of the restaurant, and the men would have been separate again. So, um, yeah, it's definitely they've got this big. Um, it's called Saudi Arabia Vision Twenty Thirty. So they're trying to live themselves before then. So there are things that you know you would expect and you see, and there are things that that you didn't. I didn't expect to see that they have or they don't do what they do. So. You know, I came in with an open mind, so I didn't. I didn't. I, I kind of deliberately stayed away from forums and websites because you know I didn't want to get like a false impression before I came. So very, very top down. Everything is very top down. It's not very like you know. There's not much bottom up movement or democratic stuff. So at work, I mean, you know, the culture is very. You do. I mean, I get in my contract that my uh, my shirts cannot be drip dried. They have to be ironed, <laughs> and that's like that's the level of uh, detail. Like. And then, like you know, like when you get observed, they have like a, they have an assessment criteria. The observer, and like this is in, are your shoes polished? Are your trousers pressed? And I'm like, come on, man, you know, <laughs> we got to play the game. Different um, standards, isn't it? Different. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've, I've joined on 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 something that's a bit more um, kind of pertinent to the podcast. I've joined up with uh, there's a couple of face, face Facebook groups. So I've joined um, heavy metal in Arabia. That covers like Bahrain, UAE, and Saudi, um, and there's some interesting stuff on there. And um, there's a couple of um, female-only metal bands in Riyadh, which I'm going to try and reach out to because I think that would be very interesting to get some kind of discussion going with them. Yeah. And I found out, you know, there's there's actually, you know, they're opening um, record stores now. So um, there's apparently there's one in um, Dubai which I might try and visit when I go there at some point. It's just got like you know loads. Of, it's just a vinyl store but again you know being here it's, it's 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 you get the impression everything's a pissing contest between like kuwait and the uae and saudi and bahrain who's got the biggest hotel who's got this who's got the seven or the eight or the nine star luxury thing you know it's like they're all trying to outdo each other really so there'll probably, there'll probably be a record store here somewhere and it'll probably be the size of a small town or something i don't know um yeah but yeah and everyone's a mo salaf <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. So, of course, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, but, I mean, it's, it's um, fucking hot. It's fucking hot. Yeah, well, it's, it's not fucking. Well, yeah, it's, it's not. But hot you know, here. like you walk, it's, it's, it's you, you walk in, you walk into the, you walk you're, into you're the air conditioned. Don't you must be air conditioned everywhere you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, mate, I've got central air in the in the apartment. It's great. But like, um, you go, you go to my with the college. You go in the main gate on the right hand side. There's an oil rig, as you do, you know. And then further down, there's like a refinery. For the students to practice on. So it's like I tell you the other thing as well, the um Duran Air Base is near where I am. And it's just obviously it's the it's the biggest American Air Force base in the in the region. I think it's one of the biggest in the world. It's constantly just getting buzzed with like, you know, flyovers of like six or nine or twelve F sixteens or something. It's just like the, the American military presence here is just it's gratuitous. Ostentatious, I think. Yeah. So for um for those we'll who are uh, listening who um who aren't aware, uh, our, uh, our our holy representative has moved to the Middle East. So uh, <laughs> that's this week's Saudi Arabian update. And uh, I, I'm yeah. I'm expecting to see a swell I'm, of I'm listeners in, in, demand in Saudi in the Middle East now. You've you've got to start spreading the word. If you've got a gospel to spread, it's this fucking podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, I can't. The problem, the problem I can't may be. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't share it. 
with most units that they did in Italy. No, 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 of course not. And, yeah, and yeah the, the problem may be some of the content might not Facebook. be welcome, but, you know, it's uh, we'll, we'll do our best. To try Although and... I did see one of the students the other day walking around with a notebook that had a, a Metallica and an Anthrax patch on it. I don't know, know. If, that's, if they're a legitimate fan or what, but, you know... See, that's the that's the kind of thing that, as as a metal fan, no matter where you go in the world, you you'll just you'll 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 notice something like that. It could be the smallest fucking thing, but you'll see it. You tune in on it, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you do, you do. I can tell you one thing though. I was another thing. I was surprised that I, I genuinely surprised that is just the amount of the amount of English that's spoken. It's quite. You really would be surprised. It's just, just it's just in a normal shop. You can just go up to someone and go, oh, "Have you got this?" Yeah, it's over there. You know, you don't get that in a lot of. European countries, but then again, it's the amount of um, the amount of immigration there is. This, like you know, all the Filipinos and the Indians are doing all the all the menial work. And, I mean, the, the phrase you would hear is like petrochemical welfare state, welfare state. So, like you know, the petrol and the gas and the chemicals pay for basically the indigenous guys to just not do much. Um, so, like you know, for example, like UAE is um, only 20% of the population of the Emirates is actually Emirati. The rest of it is all people like who've come in from abroad. And like the UA, the Emirati just basically sit on dole money, getting paid handsomely for not doing much, and everyone else does the work. So um, but if you've got if you've got those level of resources, you know, you can afford to go out and buy PSG or Man City or something like that. That's where the money's coming from. With, with your fucking small change. It's not just... many Newcastle fans, though. It's, not it's many Newcastle fans, I'm surprised. Not yet, it's, not yet, but it but it will happen anyway. Not yet. I will. No. I will no. say, Padre, we just for the benefit of the uh, listeners, we might have to ask you to repeat a couple of things because you're dragging a bit and a bit fuzzy at times. So um, yeah, if there's any uh, yeah, if there's any moments where it drops out, then uh, you you know why. But um, but you know, this is an international. Yeah, I'm on a hot spot at the minute. Anyway, this week, yeah. Um, it might have been a bit of an experiment because we didn't know how well it was going to work, but we seem to be alive and well. Uh, it's, it's debut albums this week, but uh, debut albums are something that has, has been probably been done to death. But we set ourselves one rule, top 10 debut albums, and it can't be Appetite for Destruction. So that was the, the one <laughs> rule that we were going to set because we probably all three of us would have sat there and gone, yeah, that's the best debut album ever. So... I mean, I've gone one step further, and I've I've disregarded all the, the 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 big guns completely. So I might be able to throw something different into the mix. I don't know about you two. Which, but... Well, like, well, yeah. I mean, I I'm trying to be honest here, so it's a case of my list is mostly. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, there's some obvious ones there, but I suppose for maybe younger people, there's some not obvious ones. So either way, it's it's most appropriate list for me at the moment. I suspect my list will change in a year's time as I make my way through the journey and discover stuff, but. For now, this is pretty accurate, I would say, for, for metal and hard rock, heavy rock, etc. What do you think you actually want from a debut album, though? Because obviously a lot of the debut albums we talk about, like like talking about Appetite for Destruction, it had a, a massive impact. But some debut albums don't have a huge impact. It's kind of like 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 Maiden, for instance. Like Their, their debut didn't have a, an enormous impact. Obviously, it was slightly later into their career. And then you go back on it and then you realise that it's a, you know, it's it's an unreal debut, and that's been the case for a lot of bands. So, debut albums are a funny one. It's it's very rare that a debut is the best of the lot, and it? it's it's like yeah. it's, it's potential or it's you know there's there's something in there, but it's a bit rough around the edges or or whatever. But what, yeah, what what, what 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 do you actually want from a debut album? 
<laughs> you know, no, not do you want to be, do you want to be blown because... away, or do, or is it, do you think it's better to go? Yeah, this band's think... got potential. Potential, yeah. Maybe it's a breath of fresh air in the fact that they're putting a different spin on something. But then again, I was, I, I've been thinking. I mean, when you say that you don't want to include, or you you've avoided including the big guns, this is fair enough. Because um, again, like you know, you don't want to get too cliche. But um, is it is it easier to write a debut album when it's it's kind of a debut or a fresh genre, subgenre? So, like for example, is like Bonded by Blood and Kill 'Em All? Are they are they are they that good, or is it just because they represent the kind of the birth of the genre? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's impact. So, like, it? I mean, I would argue that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, those albums had a massive impact because they really kind of set the the the, the tone for the scene and that the fact they had such a even to to maybe to this day when you know you look at the all the look at all the promotional videos that. Tailgunner have been putting up on social media in the last couple yeah, of weeks, yeah, and the guitar yeah. player is always wearing a Killer Moore T-shirt. Yeah. So um, it, they, those are, those are some seminal albums, but like, are they seminal because they're actually good albums, or are they are they seminal and high regarded because they were they were the, they were there at the kind of the birth of a genre? They're a moment. Um, they're a moment in history, aren't like, they? Like again, you could. Probably, no, yeah, well, I mean, they're like they're water, watershed. Like they mark. They, so just just to sum up, they mark like a change in the lane or the pace of the way metal was going. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, was yeah. you know, it's a break from what was already out there. So it's it's yeah. no, it, I mean I would say it's because they, they may well do that, but the songs and the tracks have still got to be good. They still got to grab you and do something that really connects with you because an example is is the first Saxon album, which is Technically, the first new Wobbin album, yeah, you know, and that Back that's on. it. That yeah. was that was the big thing that really changed metal and kept it going. But that album is it's okay, but it, it's it's not a classic or a great album by any means. You know, you've got you've got another couple, two or three classic debuts in that scene, but you know that 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 kind of started it. So it's it, it's it's not just about that, I would say. But yeah, well, I mean, when I said I disregarded the big boys, when I actually started trying to put together a list of 10, a top 10. I, I actually found that some of, you know, your, your Killer Malls and, and your Iron Maidens and stuff like that, I, I don't, I didn't necessarily put them in my top 10 debuts anyway, because some of the top, some of the, the ones that are in my top 10 are, are, are impactful for me. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we were there when that debut came out. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. That's, and, well, and I think got, that's, got... that's what makes a lot of the difference. I've got a couple like that at least, certainly, yeah. So, you know, we weren't we weren't there when Killer All came out, so it's it's kind of like we're looking back on it as as like like Padre said, it was the start of a scene, so it's important in that way. But in terms of a quality debut, it, it might not be up there. So, you know, but look, let's let's start from the let's start from the bottom up. And what's your number ten? Uh, my number ten. Well, like I say, I think for the purposes of what we're doing this evening, I think this absolutely counts in the list. Um, this is a this is a heavy album, but it's a notable album for what it did. I think for British music at that particular time, um, with uh, you know, with, with how unexpected the um, makeup of of the band were and, and the impact, and that is the nineteen ninety five debut of Skunk and Nancy. Oh, fuck. Paranoid, oh, no. Paranoid and Sunburn. Yeah, classic. Um, I mean, this was basically Levy's favourite band. 
for, for his later life. One of his favourite albums. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's not metal, but it's it is fucking heavy. It hits very hard. Big groove there, big riffs, um, and you know, you, you know, you've got a a black black and white two tone uh, makeup in in the band, um, and you've got skin. This, you know, absolutely fierce and sometimes gentle um, black bisexual woman from South South London, who, you know, that that was it. We we are here. That I mean, that was a year before Spice Girls, and that still screams girl power for me. That that's what it. You know, that might sound like a cliche, but that's that's the kind of thing I think we probably inspired a lot of people um, and a lot of young girls beforehand. Yeah, you know, a, a young that. woman doing something like that. Um, especially, especially, just, especially nearly 30 years ago. Oh, God, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, hugely political, but like I say, lots of groove, lots of melody. Um, what a wonderful debut. I fuck, yeah, I fucking love that album. Absolutely love it. Like my, my first introduction to Skunk and Nancy was the week video on Top of the Pops. And it was like, fuck. You know, I was just starting to get into other kinds of rock and metal at that point. So it was, yeah, they, they were quite impactful. I think they were, like you said, it was there was nothing really going on like that at that time. So great shout. Didn't even think about them. Fucking great shout. Padre, number 10. Um, I don't really, I didn't really do a... List right surprise. some albums in mind, yeah. And what? No, I've been a bit busy, you know. Um, you just said I you spent the last fucking I mean, week sat on your ass getting paid for it, yeah. No, but that was I, I, okay. So, I, I don't, I can't access anything but the, the internet at work, it's all blocked, and I haven't had internet. I've only had internet for the last couple of days. Ah, excuse me. Um, all right, okay. Um, uh, yeah, no, I think I would throw in the night side eclipse into the mix as a potential. Top as a, as a de- yeah, as a debut full length, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I think again, impact songwriting, still a bit raw. Um, I mean, I think as well, like sometimes when you go back and listen to some debut albums by bands, you know, that those those, those earlier albums, they've still got that edge to them, or they they're not they're not so they're not too tightly polished. So you know, they, so that, that's always like you know nice to hear. Um, so yeah, definitely, I would throw in the night side eclipse in that. Um, right. So definitely. I'll go. I'll go from ten up as well. Then um, my number ten is is an album that that definitely kind of blew me away at the time because it was early two thousands, very early two thousands, when I was just starting to get into sort of some much heavier stuff and sort of experimenting with things I'd never heard before. Um, and this this came my way uh, by a friend of friend of ours named Nikki. And um, she'd picked this album up in HMV because she liked the look of the cover, turned it over, and it was only like, I think it's eight tracks, this album. And she thought, fuck, eight tracks ain't going to be worth it, but you know, gave it a go anyway and passed it on to me. Uh, so this is Colt Luna's self-titled debut. Now, I hadn't really heard anything like Colt Luna at that point. You know, I know you had bands like Neurosis and you had sort of stuff like Godflesh on the more industrial side, but hearing Colt Luna for the first time, that fucking blew me away and being around, you know, it was just after that had come out that that was impactful, I think, as a debut album and what they became from there. I think the second album, The Beyond, is even better. But as a debut album, that self-titled is an absolute fucking monster and it's just filth and it's fucking heavy and it just ticks every box I'd want. And I know and, you know, you're a Colt Luna fan, so. Do you think where do you think it stacks with the rest of their catalogue, the debut? 
Um, can I talk about it later? <laughs> all right, yeah, all right, I get you. All right, all right, all right, I get you. I get you. Um, yeah, all right. Look, I'll go straight to number. I'll go straight to number nine then. From there, um, and my number nine is River Runs Red, Life of Agony. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I look. It came out in '93. I obviously wasn't a fan of Life of Agony '93, but when I started to get into hardcore and the New York stuff, that was one of the big ones. And it's, it's weird because they're, they're not really a hardcore band. I, I think it's more the the lyrical content and where they come from that made them a hardcore band. But the grooves and the riffs and the songs and the lyrics, everything about that album, it's a classic. You know, 13 years on, and it is an absolute fucking classic. It, it was different, wasn't it? It, 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 yeah. it stood out compared to everything else. Yeah, it's almost like, because you already had typo negative around then, to a certain extent. I think Life of Agony were almost like a, a hardcore version of typo negative in, in terms of sound. It's, it, I find the two bands cross over really well. And obviously you had, uh, what were they called? Uh, Pale Horse Named Death, which was Sal Abrascato from Life of Agony, his project after Life of Agony, which had a couple of members of Typo in it as well. So you, you've got links there anyway. And just it's just so fucking gloomy and emotional. It's, it's got everything, that album. It's, it's, it's a hard listen at times. Yeah. It's well, so many yeah. hooks and so many great riffs. An absolute classic. Absolutely. I mean, there's going to, you know, there's going to be content there, but obviously, takes on a different meaning now. It makes more sense. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, you know, about, 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 I mean, it's it's again not a band I've ever really checked out. I do the, I will get to them obviously soon. But um, yeah, one thing I've sort of always wondered about is, are we ever going to get like a proper good um, evaluation, either is a documentary or a book on on the New York rock scene of the late the 80s and early 90s because you it think some of them because yeah. we always talk people always talk about bay area california and sunset strip etc and if you think of some of the stuff coming out of new york you, mm. you know very varied and of course what we've got you know everything from like you say you've got anthrax uh the nuclear assault but you've you know you end up with typo negative uh life of agony Doggy dog, sick of it all. I mean, yeah, the hardcore scene as a whole, the whole lower yeah, 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 New I mean, York and CBGBs and, and all of that. It's it's huge. It's hugely influential on what music is today as well. You know, and it doesn't probably doesn't get the credit it deserves. I mean, there's a couple. I suppose there's a couple of bits and pieces out there. There's um, there's the documentary about Agnostic Front. There's the the movie adaptation, I suppose, of the CBGB story with stars Alan Rickman. But yeah, you're right. There's not been enough enough of it talked about i suppose when you're right. thinking musical history i mean that that scene single-handedly kept up the windjammer jacket industry <laughs> fucking right it did <laughs> uh those were the days you don't you don't see them so much anymore which is a shame no <laughs> real fucking shame um what you got on number nine then go on number nine it's route one but it's fair it's up there um and that's the debut for my maiden so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not my favourite Maiden album, and it's not high up on my list because it's because of that reason. You know, it's still quite raw. The you know the production ain't ain't great. No, um, they were very you know they hadn't got that sort of money behind them just yet. But as a as a group of group of songs, what you know what the fuck? What you know, absolutely brilliant. You know, young young lads doing something new and fresh with a load of other bands, and they knocked that out. Phantom of the Opera on your debut album. It's, yeah, I mean, 
Christ. You know, <laughs> it's just fucking, it's, it's absolutely fucking mental. Look, it's, it's up there with, with some of my favourite Maiden albums because the, the two Diano albums, I, I definitely prefer over Killers. you probably different, but... I think, you know what? I think I've had a, I've had a rethink about that. But I, I, the thing is, I, I think Killers is better than some people give it credit for, but there's not many of those like ever, but it lacks choruses. Yeah. That's my yeah. problem with the it lacks, album. It lacks the big Maiden anthems, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is why I go back to the debut, I think, because, you you know, you've got your Running Freeze and you've got your Sanctuary and you've got your Phantom of the Opera. They're just, they're such memorable songs. So, yeah. But, but yeah, fucking, uh, who, they would never have known what was to come after writing the album, but they must have had an inkling we're onto something special. Oh, I think they, I think, yeah, I think they always knew Steve Harris. I mean, that's why he made the point of when the time came of, of ditching Diano because yeah, yeah. he was an obstacle. It was a fucking liability, is what. He was <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, I, look, yeah, it's got to be in there. It's got to be in there. I'll go straight to number eight. And um, look, next Friday we're seeing them. They're fucking. They're absolute. They're a great fucking band. And and again, what they are in terms of a, of a crossover band and how many crossover bands there are since. They're they're one of the greatest. I think Municipal Waste Hazardous Mutation. What a fucking debut. Ooh. What a fucking like, debut oh. proper I'm going by here. You know, I know it's technically not not a debut, but I'm going to go debut album proper. Okay, and, see, that's... Uh, see, I've kind of... I didn't include that because I don't... I suppose I don't really consider it an out, uh, their debut, but oh well. I think when, when, when we first discovered them, we were doing Metal Pigeon at the time, and yeah. uh, when we first discovered them, what came before it was more was considered more of a demo, so it wasn't technically an album. So I think that's that's why I'm considering Hazardous uh, Music as, as a debut. Damn, so Damn you, because that's, that's, that's my favourite Municipal Waste album, so, oh well, never mind. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, oh, yeah. It's, it's a classic. It's, it's a modern it, it I'd say modern classic. It's nearly 20 fucking years old, but... Oh, don't. Fucking but it's, what what can you say about it? What can you say about it? It's just fucking great. And when they play the songs now, they still stand up. And you know, it's yeah, I just fucking just adore that band for what they do. There's been moments yeah. in their career where I've thought, yeah, you know, it ain't so great, but yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. what they just for what they do and and what they stand for and just how just how cool they are as a band, they're just so important to the scene. And they got such a thick bass sound on the album. Yeah, it's um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a great sound. Surprises me. The artwork, uh, the artwork. Can, can, well. can I can I throw one in? Oh yeah, I'm in. <laughs> uh, scream bloody gore death. Um, again, like really, I almost like, I almost put that in to be fair. So I mean, a herald, a herald call, really. You know, really the one of the first death metal albums, really pushing that out there. I mean, there's some great songs on there as well. I mean, I love the guitar tone as well, but like, you know, Infernal Death, Baptizing Blood, Torn to Pieces, and I, and I absolutely love the album cover. So, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, artwork, the artwork's What incredible. you want from a death metal album cover, really. But yeah, no, it's a lot. In, I've always loved the guitar tone on the Death Use, uh, especially on Spiritual Healing, Leprosy, and Scream Bloody Gore, like very chuggy, you know, slightly muffled as well. Um, and you know, just but the drum sound, definitely a really good drum sound as well. Because I mean, I definitely think that that needs to get you know be represented at some point. 
Um, I'm, I'm not it's, necessarily it's saying between... it's the best or. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's always between Screen Bloody Gore and Leprosy. That's that's where people go. I prefer Screen Bloody Gore personally. Symbolic yeah. is my favorite death album, but I think Screen Bloody Gore of the first two is is the better. I think it's a great album. Yeah, yeah. I've undecided at the moment because I'm still absorbing both. But uh, yeah, another another one I, I would throw in, and I don't know where you guys stand on it, would be the first uh, the first Ramstein album. Sensux was the first one. No, no, Hurts Light. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not all that au fait with. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, it, it's a good album. I mean, um, it, it's not certainly not my favourite, but I think it's. Uh, I, I can't think of a bad song on that album. There's nothing skippable for me. And again, it comes down to impact, doesn't it? You know, they were doing. Yeah, I mean, that, this is the thing. Like, oh, I, I wasn't dude. necessarily going for like impact or like, the albums I looked at. Again, like I said, I'm not. I haven't necessarily. A, numerical order but um I've, I, I think I've been kind of subconsciously drawn to that kind of way of like looking at them because I mean it's like you know I said Scream Bloody Gore I mean there's another two or three that I'll mention later that again I think really either pushed the genre forward or did something completely different but again that, that Ramstone album definitely I mean um and look what that look, look what that band had become and it's like again it's like is a good debut album important? Not 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 in terms of just art, not just artistically, but it's like it's like building a house, isn't it? It's like you know, it's a strong foundation for you yeah, to yeah. build up. And then when people go back into and in terms of like from a uh, just like people buying the material, like if people go back and go, oh my god, these first three albums were, were pants. No, I'm not going to touch them. Because it's like you know, like how many of you? How many of us have really owned a copy of the, the early stuff Pantera put out? No, yeah, we all start at Cowboys from Hell. Yeah, because yeah. the stuff before that was just like, what the fuck? Cowboys from Hell is a debut thing. album for me. Because that's when they properly became Pantera. Cow- Cowboys from Hell is a debut yeah, album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I would say. Completely. Yeah, um, and maybe we could discuss that going in the mix as well. But um, yeah, the, the, the stuff, I mean, even, even the, the you look at pictures of them before they did that album. And you know, I've and I've listened to some of the stuff, and it's just it doesn't it doesn't work, and it's like and it's also it's a waste of talent with the style they were playing in on those albums. So. Um, but you know, you're not going to go back and go, oh yeah, that, that fucking Metallica or that Killing World, and that's the shit that is. No, it's not. It's it's different. Um, I mean, again, I, I don't really Morbid Visions and by by Sepultura is 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 good, but you know, it's not it's not beneath the remains, you know. No. Took a, some bands take a while to get going. But I think I think with things like Morbid Visions and, and Bestial Devastation, is what's clear is the songs were decent, but the production was so shit. It's only now in the last 12 months since they, the Cavaleras have re-recorded it and you can hear it all come into life. Yeah. The production on those albums, the originals, is fucking dog shit. I mean, I mean, even the jump between that and Schizophrenia is huge. Yeah. So... Yeah, so it's it's all. Sometimes it's just about like 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 you said, with main. It's like finances and and access to to decent producers, all of that. It, it can it can really let it can really let things down. So you know, I think it's, I mean, that first album they had a producer that didn't really feel it. So yeah, but, uh, <laughs> their guitarist wasn't really into it. Either. He liked he liked playing the slow stuff. Yeah, and that's why yeah. they got rid of him. Yeah, so it sometimes it's just it's 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 chemistry. It's all those things and. I think Steve Harris was never going to allow Maiden to just sort of be another new woman band that weren't going to get anywhere. He obviously yeah. had ambition, so 
you know, but you can hear it in the songs. They were different. Saxon and Angel Witch and all those bands, Diamond Head, Maiden were offering something different. And that's that's what what took them forward. Um, what's next in your countdown? Uh, me, number eight. I mean, you can, I'm sure you'll want to gloss over this if you want. Excuse me. Um, but it's in my list because it, it, it's a great album and it's up there for me. And that's Burn My Eyes by Machine Head. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. That that just despite my my comments previously about this band, I, I, I that is also on my list. You can't deny that album. You can't. No, no, no. You can't. No. It's it's what they've done since is the problem. Burn my eyes is <laughs> the classic. It is a fucking classic. It's, uh, you know what? Since when we did the, the riffs episode and we were talking about Davidian and obviously then some of the other songs on that album, and I I actually gone back and listened to it again for the first time in quite a while, and it's a fucking quality album. It really is. So, and so's more things change. Actually, I enjoyed that more. Than, yeah, more than yeah. I remembered. So it's just a shame that what happened yeah. after. It's that, just when you get to the burning red that you just yeah, like, ah, it all went wrong. You know, it that supercharger it just all went tits yeah. up. So you know, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Burn my eyes completely. Yeah. All right. So I'll give you number seven. Um, we're going hardcore again. I think with. This this was probably a really good precursor to to the whole metalcore movement in the early two thousands as well. Um, a band that had been hugely influential on on many of those bands. Hatebreed, Satisfaction is the Death of Desire. Twenty five oh, minutes. That that, that 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 phrase just brings me back. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know, I know, but we we, we don't need to, oh. to go there. No, no, no. no. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying like that. All yeah. I was just say is this: Have you ever met and to our listeners as well? Have you ever met anyone like a single individual that has just made just put you off a band that you just can't <laughs> listen to that band because you know they're going to remind you of, of a certain individual and you just think and you even think to yourself if the band knew that that person was a, was a fan of theirs they probably asked that person can you not listen to our music please you know it, it's it, and and that's what I get with I I I've not listened. To agnostic front, I never will because I can. Because and, and that particular, and when you get that lyric tattooed on you, and you fucking talk about it all the time, because you think it's some kind of like insightful, like almost like Socratic, deep analysis of the human psyche. Oh, yeah, it, no, it, I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you should. What it what it actually is is just a classic fucking hardcore album. Twenty five minutes yeah. of just just fucking wall to wall bangers. You know, I mean, they, I think they stepped it up with Perseverance, the next album. But it it is it's it's got the full works. Satisfaction, Death and Desire. It's got everything. It's got groove. It's got riffs. It's got all the breakdowns. It's yeah. a fucking classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decent album. Absolutely. And look. Again, you know, Jamie Jaster, how important he is to the scene. He's, you know, he, he's, he's the likes of people like Rob Zombie and Dee Snyder. I think Jamie Jaster's a bit of a modern day version of, of those people. He's, he's a proper defender of the faith. And, you know, the, the work that he puts into the metal scene is just incredible. And in the early days of Hatebreed, they couldn't tour the world because he was terrified of flying. You know, and when oh. they when they actually started to get outside the US, it just went nuts. You remember the Sepultura show, their first ever UK gig at the Astoria? Place went absolutely oh, really? fucking nuts for Hatebreed. I didn't realise that was a yeah, that was their first ever UK show, and and uh, yeah, it, it was it was fucking crazy. So, will always be up there for me. That album always. 
it's a classic. So go on then, throw another one in, number seven for you. Number seven. Yeah, so again, slightly off the uh, the metal track, but I mean, this this is just an absolutely brilliant album that just laid absolute destruction when it came out in the early 90s. And it's, and it's a huge shame the band never never became the, the big band that they should have done, but it comes down to various factors, and that is Earth versus the Wild Hearts. Yes. By the Wild Hearts. <laughs> I mean, this, this is rock and roll through the meat grinder, you know, with added dose dose of um, you know Swedish pop melodies, it's such a feel good album. You you can you can sing to it, you can get pissed to it, you can fucking slaughter people to it. It's just, yeah, what an album. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a proper drinking album. I mean, it's the Wild Hearts, of course, it's drinking album, yeah. but yeah, it's a classic. It's an absolute classic. It's and so many riffs as well. Just just riffs coming out every orifice. That uh, that band just they're they're like therapy. They just just created so many hooks in their music. It's almost like how do you how do you fucking do that, especially in a debut? You know, it's it's it's, it's mad. It's mad. I think some people just have a just have a certain kind. Is of it connection. because yeah. is it because yeah. is it is it because like for example, a lot of debut albums have been like kicking about in like the writer's head for a long time. And yeah, that's, therefore, that's, awesome. that's what yeah. you might. It's like you know, it's like saying like you know, everyone's got like one book in them, you know. Um, but you know, whereas that maybe a second or a third album, those those uh, riffs haven't been kind of gestating for as long, which is why maybe that second album or that third album is more difficult, or that third album specifically is more difficult to write back, back in the day there would have been label pressure wouldn't they you've done your debut album now we need another album we need your next one so it's 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 almost taken away the creative freedom they've got to produce rather than just create yeah you know, the de- debut albums are always like like you said it's stuff they've been working around for for years possibly mm-hmm. and then the label comes along and say well we need another another album in the next six months what you got and, and that's the me. thing as well because like you, you, if before, I mean, a lot of the bands that we like and listen to would um, release the demo first. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like the really well known ones, like No Life to Leather, for example, and those would have been out there and they would have set the, you know, like, you know, three or four albums, three or four songs. But, you know, you're not going to release a demo for your third album, are you? You're not going to no. release a demo. You might drop an EP in between. But, um, and I think, you know, that's one of the things I've noticed that I quite like about. Spotify, like a lot of the bands we've talked about in the last 18 months, like, like for example, the most recent one I've listened to was um, uh, Fugitive. So, like, they've got they've, they've got an EP on on Spotify, and uh, you know, just two or three songs. Um, obviously, um, Lois Creature dropped a few demo tracks a while ago, yeah, can't remember the three, other like one. a three track cassette, wasn't it? That so, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, what was the but that's what was the what was the band that we were talking about recently? And they've got they 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 sampled Hellraiser on the beginning of the track. I'm, oh, I'm, this is why I'm, I'm losing my memory. I'm telling Doomsday. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Doomsday. That's another one. Yeah. But that that's I think dropping in EPs and demos now. That's that's where the music industry is. You know, it's all about like what Slipknot were talking about. What Corey Taylor was talking about that. You might get away from recording albums all the time, whereas if you do EPs or singles, it keeps people engaged and it gives them something to tour where they can actually make income. 
So I think that's why that's happening now, more so than it did 30, 40 years ago. It was just album tour, album tour, album tour. Whereas now it's different. You've got to keep people engaged. I mean, every Friday, you sift through a list of 50, 60, 70 fucking new releases. You know, whereas, you know, back in the day, that yeah. wasn't the case. So... And, um, well, it's like, you know, again, like, in the 80s, especially, I mean, how many... How many out? How many live albums have did Maiden put out in the eighties? Well, in the 80s, just the one. Yeah, you know, and then you just one. Yeah, <laughs> they put lots it... out since then. But yeah, yeah. since since then, then it's, it's been non-stop. Uh, but then, like you've got um, uh, it was in between Master of Puppets and Justice for you get Garage Days revisited. Then in between Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning, you've got well, no, after Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets, you've got the Creeping Death EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. You know, Slayer did the same thing with Haunting the Chapel. Um, so yeah, it's you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, or they put the live albums out as well. So just like you said, to keep people engaged and buying something, probably to keep the record labels happy as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it kept things ticking over. Whereas now it's it's not a money thing. It's just whereas, whereas you know after after Use Your Illusion 2, Axel Rose's solution was just to disappear for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so that was that was number seven. Uh, are you at number seven? And, excuse I'll me. I'll just, just done my number seven. I've just done your number seven. <clears throat> All right, I tell you what, give us your number six then. You're on my six? Oh, yeah, I'll be six. All right, well, this won't, this won't take long. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get free for this, but Sardom Term is not a bad song on this album. Uh, it's a great collection, no skips, um, just a uh, raw, punk-infected, uh, sleaze, rock and roll metal, and that is Too Fast for Love by Motley Crue. Ah, oh, I knew you'd drop that in there at some point. Just get out. Just, just, <laughs> no, just go. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not a Crue fan, but I suppose it's got to be, it's got to have its moment, isn't it? It has to. And for, well, one way or another, it, it's, it's got to. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know he's, what else to say. He's fucking. You know. he's, he, he sneezes at my list. No, I, 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 you know, it's it's, it's my favourite of theirs. Um, it's no nonsense as well. You know, you think about what they became. That, that's a very straightforward album. They were just focused on writing good songs. Yes, for me, they they did. There, there wasn't there, there wasn't all the other bollocks. Even though they were mental at that time, there wasn't they weren't that mental. That came later. And this, yeah. this is probably the only time when they were like really just focused on the music um, and not the, the rock and roll aspect. So it's, it's a much more pure album for me. Well, you know what? Look, I, I, I have got a bit of an affinity with it because the title track is the first sort of rock song that my kids started dancing to when they were little. So <laughs> that, uh, that and We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. So it's... Yeah, I've got I've got a soft spot for that album for that reason. So yeah, it's fair. It, it, yeah, it's got to go. It's not like you've said Dream Theater. Anyway. Yeah, just imagine it like Trigenza, like the Trigenza's kids are like running around going, "Dad, Dad, look, we're too fast for love. Turn that <laughs> shit off. I'll give you something. I'll show you. I'll show you how fast I really can be. God, get up those stairs. <laughs> no, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, right, look, I'll I'll do number six, and um. Part of the reason this is in there is because I loved it at the time and then I haven't listened to it for fucking years. And then in the last couple of months, I started listening to it again and realized what a great album it is. And uh, I've just picked up, just picked up the vinyl as well. Um, the Sword, Age of Winters. 
So, which Padre's looking at with blank faces, because he probably doesn't even know what it is. I I know what the band's not a band I've ever really checked out. So yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know the band. There was there was one song I think that I heard out out there on its own, um, Iron Swan, and that they're a stonery kind of riffy type band. You know, a lot of people listen to this will know who they are. Um, but yeah, I've gone back and listened to it recently, and fuck me, I remember how much it blew me away at the time. It's a great, great album. Saw them live a couple of times back then, and they were so fucking good. They even supported Metallica once at uh, the O2. So, you know, they they did hit a, you know, they they hit a bit of hype, but it never they never really went as far as they probably should have done. You know, they toured with Clutch, a band who are held in really high regard, and I think the Sword are a better band, which is probably going to get me shot. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, not not by me. <laughs> Yeah, but look, go and listen to it. It's, it's it is a fucking great album. It's it's heavy. It's hooky. You know, it's got everything you possibly want from a, a stonery type album. What made me go back and listen to it was um, "Hail the Voids" Memento Mori earlier this oh, year. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a sort of a similar vein to that, I suppose. It's a little bit less intense, a little bit more bluesy, but it has a similar feel, and that's what made me go back and think about it. So, yeah. Anybody who isn't familiar with it, if you're into sort of stonery, riffy, bluesy stuff, give it a shot because it's it's fucking great. Um, and there's a song called Freya, which is obviously my daughter's name. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's got extra connotation. Um, Padre, got anything else to throw in the mix? Yeah. Blizzard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think anybody would have expected anything that good to come out of Ozzy Osbourne as a first solo album. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's... Well, I mean, let, let's be honest here. Without Randy Rose, we wouldn't have done. But true, yeah, very true. <laughs> but whatever, yeah. whatever made it all come together, yeah. It's a, it's a, I, know, I know people say that. Oh, Sharon, Sharon Osbourne saved Ozzy. No, Randy Rose saved Ozzy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, Sharon saved him physically. Or Randy saved him artistically, musically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And gave him a lot of credibility because it's always it's always going to be. Oh, you know, Ozzy was Ozzy discovered. Randy Rhodes, when we all know that's not really true. Like yeah. Randy Rhodes is already a, a very established player on the scene. Um, it was a chemistry. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, just like those, uh, just those riffs from that album. You know, yeah. we, we all know the usual suspects. Um, maybe a, a little bit more out of left field for me. Um, Alive or just breather? Kill Switch Engage. Again. Technically, not a debut, is it? Because there was there was the self talk before, uh, wasn't it, it? But I think the second album officially, but officially, yeah. But you know what? I I, I would consider it a bit of a debut as well, because the first one when it was out on Ferret Records was a bit of a rough kind of. You know, they they, re, they reissued it, didn't they? A few years later, I think, with better production and remastered it, all that. But yeah, it's a fair shout. It's a fair shout. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I mean, there's sorry, there's two or three lists that I've looked at online. And they've they've all got it down as a debut, so I just yeah, assumed. So yeah. my my bad, I assumed it was a debut. So I went away and listened because I mean, you guys recommended it a while ago. I think was it during the um uh the the bloodstock would have been bloodstock, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, one, one thing I, I mean, again, I, I've said this before. Originally, I, I saw them at Download two thousand and five, and I was just put off by them because of just that particular performance. And I, it's definitely. One of, uh, I think, you know, I missed out on something because I, I, so some of their riffs are just fucking awesome. And I really do like 
the the, the switching between the, the the vocal style that you've got the clean singing, and then you go into the growling yeah. and the screaming. They it's did good. it well. Now, I need to give metalcore a bit more of a, 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 a you know. I need, I need to sit down and listen to some metalcore. I mean that um. What was that? What, what, what year did we go to that gig? Was it 2004 in London? Was it Chimera? It was that would Gamma have been the, uh, yeah, the, the, no, it would have been the, uh, and in flames. Wave of American heavy metal, the new wave of American heavy metal. Are you talking about that? Yeah, yeah, but we saw it in flames headline though, didn't we? Because we saw them at the Hammersmith. Oh, that, that was a difference. That was a Christmas. Oh, Fuck Christ, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's when I, I was trashed. So, um, Fuck me, I, I can't. I know in Flames headline that, and I think within Temptation or Lacuna Coil. Lacuna, it was Lacuna okay. Coil, Lacuna I think, Coil, yeah. Era. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was absolutely fucked. So I got that's going to off on that a tangent, point. that one. But uh, I tell you what, we'll do, um, I'll, and I'll put it out on social media as well because I, I can recommend you loads of metalcore, we both can, but yeah. we'll, we'll put it out on social media as well and see what people got to recommend because there's going to be stuff that I forgot. There was some good stuff, but there was also some turgid shite. Yeah, we, we have to think after after 06, Metalcore became something else. Yeah. It was only it was only good for probably three years. Three, four years tops. And yeah. then it just became a little bit the whole it, it, harsh, it, it, clean singing thing became a bit too contrived, didn't it? Well, it, it mashed up with emo, didn't it? And yeah. Deathcore came out and you know, all this crabcore bollocks and floppy hair and like I say, I call it MySpace Metalcore because there's a yeah. difference between that stuff and the stuff which was almost proper metal. Yeah, yes, yes. <coughs> some of it's some of it's really memorable for me. And like I say, Killswitch Engage, that um bands like Bleeding Through, Unearth in their early days, there was some great, great stuff coming out of that scene. So Padre, we'll uh, we'll, we'll hook you up, don't worry. Well one yeah. more you know, uh, you know, I think they deserve a mention. Recaputrification by Carcass. Yeah, a lot of people would probably say that. I'm not a fan of the early carcass stuff, to be fair, but Again, how important that album is and that band are, it's undeniable, really. When it comes to Carcass, it's hard work for me. I wasn't such a fan of the early grindcore stuff. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. But I think that album's got to, got to get a mention. Yes, no, it has. I mean, it, it, I mean, are we going to be able to get through this list without anyone mentioning that album from that band from Birmingham? <laughs> we'll see. We'll, see. Um, we're going, well we're, we're top five now, so go on. And what's your top five? What's number five? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick in the realm here of the um, early 80s sleeves metal. Um, but I, I, I prefer this album a lot. And I, yeah, I, I love this because it's just got such a distinctive um, approach to death melody, melodies. Uh, and that is Out of the Cellar by Rats. Oh, my God. Get out. Just get out. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming at all. I, I love this album. I absolutely love this album. It's yeah, I, I don't know what it is about about their, their songs and, and how they approach approach their melodies and, and their chord structures, but there's there's something really distinctive about them that I just gets under my skin. They um, were a bit different. I'll give you that yeah. they were definitely a bit different to all the rest. You ratty little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see that one come. But then to be fair, you you, you have You've been on about rat for quite a while. So yeah, I, 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 get I it. just, yeah, they've really connected. I never, never into them years ago, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a great album. Fucking rat bastard. 
Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out of the war. My number five um, was a a, a a debut, obviously, because that's what we're talking about. Um, by a solo artist coming away from his original band, um, Danzig, self-titled debut. Okay, right. I fucking love that album. I really yeah. do. It's, look, it's got fucking mother on it for a start, which is oh well, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you can't which is which is a classic. Twister Kane is a classic, but. You know, coming from the Misfits to doing that whole sort of as the you know evil Elvis type thing, I absolutely fucking love. even down to the artwork. You know, it's like the, the the Misfits Crimson Skull and then the, the the Danzig Goat Skull. It's it's just I don't know. It, it just it just all it all worked for me. And I I've never seen Danzig live, never seen the Misfits live, but I would absolutely kill. I, I don't know what state Danzig is in these days in terms of performing live. It looks pretty good to be fair on video from what I've seen, but I would just love to see him. He, he did this album in full, I think, was it Mystic Festival in Poland over the summer? I'd have, I just would have fucking killed to see that. Love this album. It's a yeah. classic. It's a classic. So look, I, I need to give it more time. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's never really clicked with me, but maybe down the line. Yeah, I, I love it. It's, it's been, it's been, it would have been there or thereabouts for, for donkey's years now, so I, I couldn't disregard it. Um, number four, what you got? Uh, me, okay, well, yeah, it's for list. It is what it is. It's a nice now, yeah, one. We're into, the, we're into the nitty gritty now, so. Yeah, well, it's, you know, there might be some surprises here, possibly, but yeah, I mean, look, kill them all. Who? Who's that by? Don't, yeah. Not familiar. No. Yeah. No. Kill them all. Number yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's same reason for Magnum days. And I yeah, I mean, I, I also like you I mean yeah, definitely throw that in. But I mean, I I th- I mean, I throw in killing as my business as well. Yeah, see, I, would... I I definitely wouldn't. That that wouldn't get. It certainly wouldn't get in my top ten. Oh, I'm, I'm Magnum and kill them all. Would have been enough. close. But but... It's it's fair enough. I I just there's there's something about that. These these but both of those albums for kill them all and killing as my business. They're just so fucking roaring places that it's just, um, and I, I just, I, if you kill them all, it's one of those albums for me that if you don't listen to it for a long time and go back and it, it always just, it always seems to sound fresh. Yeah. I, I don't it. know why it just does. It just, um, and, and I think that's, that's, just, that's a sign of a good debut album as well. I think. Yeah. You can keep going back Look, again. They're, they're basically kids and they're writing songs like four horsemen. And whiplash, yeah, seek and destroy. You know, it, it's mad when you think about that. I mean, yeah. the the first three albums essentially are like three years apart, and to to bang done, level of material, they've done, they're, 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 written, they're done and written by the time they're twenty four. Yeah, it's like fucking hell. It's like you can almost you can almost allow them some anger when you you fucking you can do that level of well maybe not, but that level of quality in in such a short space of time is. It's it's mad, it's mad when you think. Yeah, this isn't just three good albums or three classics. This is three of the the finest metal albums there has there's ever been. And and that's and that's and you know and that's why we love them and they that's why they deserve, you know, our respect and that's why you know everyone even some of the haters are going to be, you know, a bit gutted that that band are going to at some point they will retire, and. You know, we're always we're always going to be able to say, "I saw Dave Lombardo play with them, and they played <laughs> Faith to Black." Blah blah blah. 
you know, it's and and that, um, you know, that they've they've given us a lot over the years. Um, There's a reason like, why you know, they are mentioned on virtually every episode we do. That 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 this is the thing. It's like the the people in your life that are closest to you or, or usually have the biggest or the most ability to upset or piss you off. And it's the same with bands. The bands that you really love are the bands that are really also going to drive you to distraction and like to have like emotional reactions when they do an album like St. Anger and you're just like, what, like, why, what? It's like, it's, it's you know, it, and you, you, you really wanted it to be something else and it wasn't and you know but or whatever reload or load or something i mean it is it is what it is kill them all's a classic yeah. no, i'm going hardcore again for number four this might not be that familiar to a lot of people but um barcode beerzerk danish hardcore band very anti the hardcore way you know they were proper fucking beer drinkers they were football fans and it was all very, very rock and roll in the way they delivered things. But th this album, it's it's how you do, it's, it's how you do hardcore for me. It's 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 punchy, it's heavy, it's fast, it's aggressive, but it's full of hooks, and it's got a fucking great cover of Breaking the Law. There's one thing Barcode always did really well. It was covers. They're Breaking the Law, and the next the next best one they did was um uh was Accepts I'm a Rebel. It's just something about this band. I've got I've got the the Beerzerk tattooed on my shin as a little gap filler. That's how much this album means to me. It's a fucking classic. And they're a band that don't get anywhere near enough respect when it comes to hardcore. I would die for them to re to, to reunite. They haven't played live since I think I think it was 05, 06, something like that. I would fucking love a barcode reunion. Jacob Breedar has done all sorts of other bands over the years, but nothing has ever come close to Barcode. So that's one thing I want to happen. It's a Barcode reunion. I'll be all over it. Oh, but like, no one else knows what I'm talking about, so we'll leave it there and move on. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not another band I need to check out at some point, but I'll yeah, look, do it. it. It's it's a classic. It's an absolute classic. It's got a proper, it's got a rock and roll edge to it as well, which just makes it a bit more fun. It's not as stuffy as hardcore can be. You know, you think about bands like Earth Crisis and all that, that were a bit, militant and a bit you yeah, fucking come on get on with it yeah barco did it right so yeah yeah all right go on then what's next up for you let's have it number three well it's easy to overlook stuff like this just because of what's happened in heavy music ever since uh and before and what we normally talk about but just going through through my my albums and realizing how much i love this album and it's my favorite of theirs despite the fact that the the next album is probably their bigger, bigger commercially. And that's the self-titled debut from System of a Down. Oh, my God. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that's actually on my list. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a great you, album. you think when they, they, again, like I say, it took a couple of years to really hit the mainstream. But even so, when that first album came out within the metal scene, my God. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's nothing like it. Nothing like it at all. Or since, I don't think. Let's come at that that sort of originality with heavy music, and it, and it, it is a heavy album. Oh yeah, and you think of they're they're a single guitar band as well. It's a fucking heavy album. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. No, it's um, yeah, it's a classic. I'm gonna I'm gonna be listening to that on the way to work tomorrow morning. I 
he's, I haven't listened to it. He's probably he's probably getting on ten years since I last listened. Well, to I, I didn't I didn't really know much about them until I we saw them supporting Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was on that album, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. That was yeah, that was that was before. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, before the I, I, um, I, I, mean, I, I saw. I'd have to say as well, if we, you know, if we're in that in that area in the nineties, the uh, the the corn uh, album, corn. Yeah, I don't know if it's in Ant's list. Is it? No. It's not my list. Well, I mean, I again, it's it's not really where I'm at these days. That kind of stuff, um, and I haven't really got to it. Got to do metal with my journey. I don't know when I'm going to get to it. If I'm honest with you, but um, around it. It, it, it is. It is a great album. I, I don't think we can deny that and what it did for, for heavy music. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's. Just, I don't think I will love it as much as I will when I was a teenager because it's a very specific kind of, you know, heavy music. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But it. But again, when you think about it, that's nearly thirty years old. Oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's just fucking, it's fucking ridiculous. But there you go. Um, all right, so let's, we're in top three. This is when we get. This is where we're getting special now. So, going back a few years, grunge came along. Um, obviously, this is a bit before our time. As I, I got into grunge, not off the back of Nevermind, but sort of ninety four, ninety five, um, in utero and stuff like that. But. I only really discovered this band a little bit later. So number three, Alison Chain's facelift. Yeah. 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 It's debut album aside, I think it's their best album anyway. It just pips dirt for me. Um Ooh. it's close. It's very it's <laughs> very close. It was No, it, I I I I I go for that. Yeah. No, I, I think Dirt is a great album. It's like Iron uh, the Chair and all that kind of stuff, but um, sitting on an angry chair, sorry. Uh, but, you know, like, there's some cracking songs on Facebook. I mean, I, I quite like Sea of Sorrow. I, I love the guitar solo from that song. I think the and difference, it, it the like difference is, is, is Dirt is such a miserable album. I mean, Facebook, <laughs> yeah, don't get me yeah. wrong, but... That's what I like about it, but I think it's it's but as, look, as as a double whammy, album number one and album number two, they're they're up there with some of the some of the greatest facelift and dirt. They're just unreal, yeah. both of them. Any, I suppose... any, any any album that's got Mad Hammer Pops on as well. Yeah. Great tune. Yeah. I think there's a there's a couple of times on Facelift, I suppose, which is what, what brings it down for me, where they actually sound like they're trying to do sort of extreme type and but like the band extreme sounding metal and it doesn't quite work yeah but i think the the strong points are so strong that it just it would just pip it over dirt for me as a, as a debut like i said it's undeniable but if we're comparing the two it just pips dirt for me but you know that's that's me so padre i have to make a polite request we, we're, we're you're a bit a bit a bit muted at the moment with your positioning of your thing so Sit up, you lazy bastard! <laughs> no, I've, I've got. I, I, I need to get. An, I've, I've got an iPad from work, to be fair, but I don't have a um a stand or a cover for it, so I don't want to damage it. So, so it's resting with your Also, like also, also, I'm uh, I'm two hours ahead of you, so it's actually much later. Stop fucking complaining. <laughs> it's quite interesting. No, I'm not um, complaining. I'm just saying. 
That's, well, that's Fargo. We can hear you well there. Yeah, you can hear you now. Now, you, now you're fine. Right, where are you going next then? Come on. Yeah, now. I had my hand over the fucking microphone. That's right. Oh, you fucking... Jesus fucking Christ. This is amateur podcast hour. <laughs> um, right, where are you going next? What's Where are we? My, my number two. Your number two. My number two. Well, we've, we've had this one, so we're going to have it again. Um, and that's for the debut from Cult of Luna. Right, right. You, 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 you talk. About I, it. yeah. I mean, like I say, when I first heard the the, you know, the Beyond, the second album was the first album I heard, and it was like, my God, never heard heavy music like this. It's crushing and it's just huge and enveloping, and and it's, you know, it's like being sucked into another dimension. Um, and heard this, then listened to the debut. I don't know what it is, but I I just prefer the songs on the debut. Simple yeah. as that. Um. Yeah, it's like it's like an apocalypse going on inside your head. It really is, um, and I, 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 I still cannot get over how how it sounds to this day. It's just it's just something else. It is a um, cacophony of yeah, isn't it? it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's savage. I mean, with the, you know the the first sort of times we saw them live. Um, it was with Dillinger Escape Plan, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, we were very drunk. <laughs> we were very, very drunk. But you know what? I can remember it because they were they were just that that impactful. I suppose. I mean, it was just yeah. it was just kind of silhouettes, weren't they, on stage? But sonically, just incredible, In- absolutely fucking incredible band. Again, we've had this conversation before, but I I need to listen a little bit more to some of the latest stuff to get where they are now. But the first three albums, I suppose, all just masterpieces for me. Love all of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those first three are. But I, I'm 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 glad that we you know we crossed over somewhere in this top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see. So we're at number two, yeah. We're at number two. I'll give you my number two before we uh, before we go to number ones. And and well, I I got one for two as well. So you do yours first. All right, so we'll, we'll round it up. Raise against the machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, no. fucking what a fucking album. I, I don't even. It's difficult. It's difficult to top that. What, what, what what's what's been said before about that album that you know it, we just be repeating ourselves. It's, it, it's yeah, I know. Like can I, I'll just say this. Like for me, it's like there's there's some very subtle touches on that album. I'm not just talking about the music. I'm talking about like the the, the CD case and everything. But if you look at the the credits, it doesn't say band members. It just says the guilty partners. Yeah, gu- gu- guilty parties. It's little touches like that. Plus the fact you've got the uh, the album cover is iconic. You yeah, know, not just an, an iconic album cover, it's an iconic picture. Really, just sum up the tone and the message of the uh, of the record. Um, yeah, just and plus the fact you've got um uh, James Mayo Keenan from uh, Tour on there as well. On, uh, it's no it's just a it's a very very special album there was, there was no one doing anything like it at the time it's a bit before my time about 94 i think i discovered rage against the machine so i wasn't quite there when it was first out but fucking just what impact it had and uh, there there isn't a bad song on it there is not a weak song no, on no there isn't there isn't i know it's just the guitar tone and yeah you know the drum just, sound just sounds huge whenever i i put the record on it just sounds massive you know i it, yeah it's just and it's just it's, it's just got riffs coming out of every yeah. orifice it's riffs, just like... <laughs> hooks, some of the best lyrics you'll hear it's 
just a classic, an absolute classic. Just speaking of James Maynard Keenan, did we need to put Tool on this top ten list? No. Right. Okay. And no, no, no Dream Theater. No. No. Okay. Can can I can I throw yeah. one in there? What, what what would Tool's debut be anyway? I think that's up for debate. Yeah. So no, see, that's um, it. Is, it, to, uh, open, is it? Yeah. Yeah. My 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 number two. Uh, it has to be a uh, remission by Mastodon. I'm not. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you my number one. It's Rage. So Rage Against Machine was my number one. All right, uh, there you go. Fair enough. Mastodon is number two. Right, well, I'll just say this very quickly. Any album that has March of the Fire Ants on is that special. That that song is like. I mean, you go and what if you just type in. March of the Fire Ants drum cover. There's a couple of guys on YouTube that have like filmed themselves playing the the, the drum part. And fuck me, it's just like how do you write a drum track that intricate? You know, like I mean, I remember someone I was I was sat around a table once and someone was going on about what's the name of the drummer from Queen again? Roger, Roger Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, Roger Taylor is the <laughs> best drummer of all time. All right. And I just and I just said I just looked at them and said, you cannot not listen to heavy metal and come up with such a ridiculous statement. <laughs> I said, and I, and I, and I, and I, I said some of the usual suspects. I was like, you know, Dave Lombardo, Garth Samuelson. And then I just said, actually, no, fuck it. Brad Trailer from Mastodon would piss on Roger Taylor from a great height. And he all, and I just played March of the Fire Ants. And they were like, all right, fair enough. That's, that's fucking insane. <laughs> it, yeah, it's just... Or- if you want to shout people like that, or you just got to say Roger Taylor from Duran Duran is a better drama than uh, Roger Taylor from Queen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, oh, but like, Roger Taylor can drum really fast. What? Yeah, on Stone Cold Crazy, which is like the closest Queen ever came to thrash. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that one's actually true. I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah. Validated by the fact that Hetfield sung it at the uh, Benefit tri- Tribute. All right, all right, fair yeah, yeah, all right, all right. We'll, we'll yeah, master number two, we'll, yeah, come back to that in a sec. All right, so, um, voice of reason, then what is your number one? Number one, well, this doesn't come close to fresh, I can tell you that now, but yeah, I, I, this is one of my favorite bands, and this very much when you consider everything I like, which is the metal and the rock, the, the heavy stuff, but also the, the dark punk, post punk, goth, synthesizers, electronic stuff, and this pretty much sits at the apex of all of that and is very me but i think this is a brilliant debut even though it's not my favorite um album of this band but when we consider you know their chief their chief um brain how his musical career has developed since then and probably how he's going to be regarded in, in, in years to come it's a significant piece of work musically full stop and that is pretty hate machine by nine inch nails Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't actually see that coming at all. But yeah, yeah, I get. You. Again, I'm yeah. not a fan of Nine Inch Nails, but I get you. Yeah. No, it, it's it's yeah. yeah. Like I say, I, I, you know, the Downward Spiral is my favourite. I mean, that album's just it's just something else. But you know, this, this is yeah, it's a pop album, but it is also a rock album. It's harsh at times. It is industrial, and I know a lot of the people who are doing. The harsh industrial stuff at the time, the ministries and God fleshes didn't look at this as being particularly credible. But you know, how many people did it pull into pull into rock, pull into the dark stuff, and you know, make an impact and bridge that gap? Um, you know, alternative kids who 
you know, listened to Depeche Mode, but weren't quite sure about rock or anything like that. You know, Lollapalooza, etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and obviously the following EP, the Broken EP, you know, there's some fucking metal riffs on that album properly. So, you know, it's not like they couldn't do that stuff. But, you know, this is a guy, Trent Reznor, who at this point he's scoring movies. He's he's scoring, he scored a movie, a very quiet movie, but was set fucking two miles down my down the road in, on the Kent coast, for fuck's sake. Um, he scored a Disney movie now. Um, and he's just scored the Turtles movie. Yeah. And yeah. it just he he He's one of the greats at this point. He really is. And considering where he started, I mean, he started just doing session stuff and whatnot with pop pop groups before he just says, I'm going to do it myself. I kind of, I want to be doing something that, you know, fits me, you know, as a music I want to listen to that no one else is doing. Um, yeah, I think, you know, he, he's he's a very important he's person. A fuck, yeah, music. he's an icon. He is a, a music yeah. icon. You can't deny that. <laughs> And this it's just this is just a fantastic album, full stop. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I completely get where that's coming from. I, they're one of those bands that I wish I was a fan of because there's something so cool about Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails, but I've never really got into them. I haven't tried for Donkey's years, to be fair. So maybe maybe now might be a good time to to give them another go. But if, if, I mean, like I say, if you're listening to stuff like Carpenter Brook, which again I think again sits at that age. Yeah. Best, then- yeah. Yeah, it maybe you'd be a bit more open to them now. Yeah, uh, so yeah, maybe maybe I, I I will do that. But I I completely see where you're coming from though. And and Nine Inch Nails are just a they're a legendary band. They really are. They they they're never gonna. I don't. They're never gonna get the mainstream credit that they perhaps deserve. No, we we'll talk about Trent Reznor, but as Nine Inch Nails as a band, yeah, they they they're something special, and they are completely unique. There is nothing else out there like them. Right. So look. My number one's already been pissed on by by the yeah. <laughs> queen. So, um, Mastodon remission discovered Mastodon when this album came out. I read a review in Terrorizer magazine, and they gave it ten out of ten. And <laughs> we, we we've had some conversations over album ratings and and things like that. You know, ten out of ten is like you know all time great. Nine out of ten is you know nailed on album of the year kind of thing, but. Remission is as close to a 10 out of 10 album as I've heard, I think. And the the impact it had on me as well, it, it, it opened my eyes, ears to a lot more heavy music and a lot more sort of different, different subgenres of, of metal. But like Padre said, stuff like March of the Fire Ants, never heard anything like that before in my how, life. How do you write that middle bit? Fuck knows. What the fuck <laughs> is that about? Fuck like, yeah. all last, like, I, I, sorry, I don't want to interrupt too much, but like I remember when I, what was it? It was down download two thousand and four when uh, Lazuric didn't turn up, and um, we were in the tent and Mastodon came on, and I was watching and I thought, oh, this is all right, and I didn't I didn't know much about them. I mean, I know you were well into them then, but um, they played much of the fire, and so I was like, oh, this is all right, and then they played that middle bit, and I immediately just stopped what I was doing fully focused and I'm like what the fuck is this and then when I got home I was like I need to look up the tab for this I need to learn that riff on the guitar and that for me that says it all if like I'm gonna go away and go right, I need to learn that song on the guitar now that just that's what you, I mean again that's just how do you write that fucking song seriously <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it's the, 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 the way the album sort of shifts from crushingly heavy to sort of the, you know, this delicate intricate guitar work and 
And then they they reissued it as well later on with the, with the Emerald cover as well. And it's just there's I, I don't think there's ever going to be anything else quite like Remission. Mastodon are never going to get close to that. I know people going about Crack the Sky and stuff and and all the other bits of Mastodon have done, but nothing has ever come close to Remission for me. Even the artwork, you know, whatever that is, the sort of dead horse on the cover, <laughs> it, it kind of. You look at that, and you know you you straight away you've kind of got an idea what that album's going to sound like. You know it's going to be crushingly heavy. I I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Every time I go back and listen to it now, I still hear things that I didn't notice twenty years so, ago. Sadly enough, though, that I don't know if you saw the article. I can't remember where I saw it. But Mastodon are in actual financial trouble because they 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 weren't able to tour as much because of COVID, and they were they were saying the other day that. The thing that's kept him afloat is, I think it's the guitar player. Um, his wife's got quite a good job, and he's been like sat at home, living off that. But like they they lost a lot of money because of COVID, and now because of the expense of touring, that it's it's almost easily half a million dollars up front before you go on any kind of tour. Yeah, and that's probably and, um, the case for a lot of bands. Yeah, yeah. So which is a really unfortunate thing, and and that that yeah, COVID has probably destroyed that. But off the back of that. Just quickly before we go, um, uh, um, Live Nation in the US, yeah, have pulled merch cuts for for all, all shows, um, and they're also putting in fifteen hundred dollars towards smaller bands and their touring costs. Now, uh, Live Nation are the world's biggest concert promoters, and this is only in the US, but this is something that we've harped on about a lot on this podcast, and I have done on social media as well. Merch cuts if fucking winds me up it is fucking daylight robbery so for one of the biggest music promoters out there to to stop that happening in the u.s that's got to be a start of a, of a shift hopefully yeah you know what i want to make a point although my friend laura mentioned this point the other day a huge metallica fan so i've got to credit her but we were talking about gigs because she's seen shania twain in a in a small nightclub in Kingston tonight, doing a yeah. solo solo show, um, and Tommy Drellsford came up and, and the topic of merch, because um, I think her 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 mate plays supported Conjurer recently okay. down there. I think her theory is that bands basically they because they get hundred percent of their their money at venues like the Tommy Forum, they'd rather do small venues like that. In bigger venues where they lose twenty five percent of their merch. Yeah, cups. yeah, completely. And that's why maybe why we're seeing a lot of bands do these smaller venues now because actually it's better for them financially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 why the fuck not? At the end of the day, they've got to make a living. They've got to pay for the cost of touring. And yeah, we need to mention Tumbridge Wells Forum because they put out a post on social media backing this up. They don't take merch cuts from artists that are playing in their venue and. I shared that on on our Instagram feed and, and Twitter and Facebook, and it's great to see. I think it is it is a fucking disgrace. The O2 venues in this country, especially, they're the worst of the lot. And the the Academy Music Trust or whatever they're called, I think, in some way, are owned by Live Nation anyway. So there, there's links in there somewhere, whatever it may be. So surely, if they can do it in the US, it can happen in the UK and Europe. And it needs to happen sooner rather than later because I'm sorry, but you go to a venue and it's 35 quid for a t-shirt. If you're paying that and every penny goes into the band, you might go, all right, fair enough. I'm helping to fund the band. But when you know 
20% of that is going to some fucking corporate cunt. It's it's fucking disgusting. So look, it's just look, I'm just glad to see a difference is is happening somewhere along those. Hopefully it happens in the UK as well. So yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll be the last to see it being fucking backward fuckhole that we are. Yeah, we probably will because it's rip off Britain. Any opportunity to fleece people out of their money, it'll happen. We won't sharp about it. We'll keep on harping on about it because it's it's important. And look, when see Hell Ripper paid fifteen quid for a t shirt. You know, and and every penny of that's going in James's pocket and paying for the cost of touring and travel and whatever else. You know, it it means these bands can keep on playing. So I'm I'm fine with it. I paid thirty quid for an obituary t shirt. And as far as I'm aware, there were no merch cuts at that venue, Colchester Arts Centre. So every penny of that was going to obituary. I'm fine with that. You know, if you know that up front, it's fine. But when you know that someone's taken a cut, it's a fucking piss take. So please, Live Nation, O2, Electric Ballroom in Camden's another one. They take cuts. And I think that's an independent venue. So that needs to stop. All of it. But there you go. Stop ranting now anyway. Like stop taking don't stop taking people's merch. And I don't know. I, I, okay, how does it work with then gate uh the gate? Who who gets the biggest cut of that? Well, I think it, it, it kind of depends on contracts, doesn't it? It all, all depends. Ticket pro, ticket money is is divvied up. Venue, promoter, bands. Bands will have a guarantee or they used to have a guarantee if they know they'll earn a certain amount per show, but I don't think even that exists anymore. Um I look, I I I'd like to I'd like to know the facts from from bands out there. If anyone wants to come on here and talk about it and give us the actual facts of what happens in that transaction. Then, then great. But look, quick plug. You know, we're throwing on a free show in December, as we've talked about. Celestial Sanctuary, All Father. We've got a great opening band to add to that bill next week as well. There's, there's no money involved in that for anybody. It's a 60 capacity venue. We want to throw on a show in Chelmsford. Hopefully, people will turn up. It's going to be an absolute fucking riot. But there's, there's no money involved. No one wants to take any money for that. You know, we want bands to sell their merch. We want the the bar to make record takings over that night. It's it's all about as cheesy as it sounds. It's the spirit of metal. It's what we want to do. So I get that venues have to make an income, and grassroots venues I know are struggling. Get that because there's been a tax break, I think, isn't there for entertainment venues in the last few years, which is about to come to an end. <laughs> so I get that from grassroots venues' point of view, but the, the bigger promoters and the, the the bigger firms they need to do something about it. If Tunbridge Wells Forum don't have to take merch cuts from bands, then neither do the O2 venues. Well, you know, the, the bands themselves need to stop playing the venues. I mean, like, you know, you could do, rather than play the O2 arena, you could do a world tour of London. You know, <laughs> you just, you just like play eight, eight or nine shows in London, but different, like North, South, East, West, North, East, whatever, you know, at like medium. I'm sure there's, some uh, smaller venues in London you could probably do uh, outside of the obvious, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, no, and that's probably possible, but it comes down to time, doesn't it? You know, bands play big venues because they, they can. it's one night and then they move on to somewhere else. But the tour is coming back. Municipal Waste is about to come out. It's like 12, 13 dates. Obituary, 19 dates. <laughs> That's amazing, um, isn't it? They, they they found an extra night, night for their tour. They played yeah, yeah, exactly. In, in a pub <laughs> in Milton Keynes. You know, well, they, they did this last time, didn't they? They found they found the opportunity to play a pub in Bristol. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and that's the way it should be. So, like fucking happy days. I'm going to stop harping on that because it'll be a fucking night. But yeah, yeah, it had to be mentioned because it's it's important. We'll see what happens over the next few months. But you know, look, we'll see municipal waste on Friday. I'll be interested to see what merch prices are in that venue actually in in the marble factory in Bristol. But yeah, but I, I'm looking forward to that show. I don't really give a fuck either way. Anyway, we went off on a bit of a tangent, but that was our our top ten that wasn't appetite for destruction just out of interest in in the top 10 where would appetite have gone number one there you go because it, it's i'm sorry it's it's, uh, it's, look, it, it's, it's it, I, i'm sorry it's just not it's not cliche to put an album like that you know in not. the top at least in the top not. five it's just it's just but it's 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 a special album you know yeah yeah, it is, that, yeah, but that's that's, I mean, like, that's that's why we set the rule. So there's a couple of bands that they got a couple of bands we missed off as well. Like you know, for example, um, we didn't put uh, "Bonded by Blood" by Exodus in. That that could maybe have gone in again for Impact. Can't, can't really think of any others. No, there's there's loads of shouts. So there's Testament. There's fucking there's, there's yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like, like, like I'm not sure about that that first Testament album. No, no, no New I, World I, Orders. The the better album I, I like it and I like Melissa as well but I mean they might creep into the top 10 further down the line yeah there's there's always going to be a few lurking sorry what's I'm, the I'm, um what sorry what is just a race is not the first in flames album is it no it's no. not no black ash inheritance was effectively the first in flames album but I thought Luna Strain was well, yeah well I suppose black ash inheritance was an EP technically I suppose so yeah Luna Strain is probably the debut album full length but again it's like Jester Race was probably the first proper In Flames album. Before that, it was you had Michael Stano on vocals first album, and then you had the EP. So yeah, that's that's probably a, a bit of a shout. But yeah, well that went wrong. And then you could even make the case that like you know that that band that what's what did they come out with that really good debut the Black Album that that band Metallica, <laughs> you know because that 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 band before that that that's a different band. <laughs> like you know. On on that cool. note, I'm cutting the episode off. That's it. We're not going down that fucking rabbit hole. Um, uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> we we we're not sure where we'll be next week in terms of episodes. We're we're going to Bristol for municipal waste next Friday. Um, we have got a couple okay. of guests coming up. Next Friday is not confirmed yet, but it looks like I am actually going into the desert. Oh fuck it. <laughs> Right, well, you, for real. You go to the desert. We'll go to Bristol, and we'll 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 meet up. Somewhere I'm, I'm up going there. into the desert, not not for forty days or forty nights, and I won't be tempted by Lucifer. But I will be going to the desert to confront some of my demons. To probably hurt myself. We're, we're going that. to Bristol. We're going to Bristol. So you know, we'll we'll come out of it worse. Yeah, we probably will. No, 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 no. I won't have a word said against Bristol. But anyway, on that note, we'll call, we'll call we'll call it a night before we upset someone. So we'll we'll be back at some point in the next week or so. Like I said, we've got some guests lined up, which should be really fucking cool. Um, September reviews as well. Yeah, we need to go back over September's albums because there was just way too many great albums. We will squeeze all this in somewhere over the next couple of weeks, but we, we will be back either way. So until then, thanks for listening and stay metal.